Welcome to the Bowman Legacies Podcast, brought to you in part by Bowman Legacies, making life better for the blue-collar worker, one CEO at a time. Also brought to you by author Grizz Waller, whose new Western sci-fi action thriller novel, Selfish Acts of Righteous Men, is coming out soon. Without any further ado, buckle up, strap in, and get ready for another powerful conversation from the Bowman Legacies podcast. What is up, everybody? Love you guys. I'm so excited about today because we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects with two of my very favorite people in this world, Eric Pio and Tim Zeger. Guys, today we're going to talk about the general science, the absolute unmitigated prideful moment when you grow up enough to realize how not to be a douche. <laughs> Words of wisdom today. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we can uh, say that title without laughing, just like an eight-year-old little schoolboy. <laughs> well, I, you know, I tell you, when we talk about this, and, and this is act, there's actually science behind this and, and what we mean about personal growth and moving forward. And that moment when you realize and you are honest enough with yourself that both in the workplace at home and your leadership style and everything else in between that you are being a douche. And I am actually sharing the podcast today with two guys who have been there in some of my douchier moments. (laughs) (laughs) So is this going to be like a crap fest on tell on Michael Bowman? (laughs) Well, We're not going to have a tell-all episode, are we? Yeah, well, you guys absolutely could, you know. But one of the things that we have to realize is, as we grow old, and you guys do in leadership, you know, when we're young, we feel like our ideas and our thoughts are just dead on right. And they may be, but how do we influence people in such a way to get them to follow, to get them to be on board? And then also, how do we look at ourselves, guys, and go, you know what? I'm off here and owning that moment when you're not right and moving forward through it. Because this is a science that a lot of people haven't gone through. And in, in each one of our places where we work and have lived, especially in the mining construction com- business, I've met guys that are 30-year dozer hands and they have never progressed to foreman. They've never progressed that next step because they don't want to learn how to lead. They're very into what they have to say. And then they'll complain about never moving forward, you know, and they, they wonder why. And in our nation right now, we've got a lot of people pointing fingers and very few people owning self and growing. That's right. To, yeah. and, and coming off what you just said, too, is owning it, too. When somebody points out that you're being an absolute jerk. And you realize it, own it. That gives you the credibility to move forward, especially with your, whether it be colleagues, clients, people that you're around. When you own it and move forward and fix it, not just say, okay, that's on me and then keep doing it. When you own it and you fix it and you move forward, that gives you clout again with your colleagues, clients, people that you're around to say, okay, I can work this work with this person because they're willing to own their own crap. It's huge. It's so enormous when you decide to own it, but owning it's not enough. And I like what you said, Tim, you got to make, have action items. I just had a client actually just talked to today 
that was having to mitigate some things with upper management. And he was in some hot water. And through our coaching, one of the first things that he did was, dude, I'm sorry. I totally see where I went wrong there. And then he did something. You know, in your personal life, you can mess up, but you can say sorry so many times. It's kind of like going to that guy's house. You're hanging out at the party and his dog bites you. Okay, the next time you come to his house, you're going to be real cautious about that dog. But he comes up to you. He's super friendly. He's wagging his tail. He's so cute. And you reach over and man, he takes a hunk out of you again. Guess what? You're never going to trust that dog again. You can act happy. You can wag that tail all you want. You can say, I'm sorry, all you want. But moving forward and not being a douche edicts, you actually do something. (laughs) Now, absolutely. And this is what I... I love the the complexity of this because there is more in-depth things that I need to look at within myself. And this is why we're talking about this with everybody saying, I need to look at this in-depth with myself because, Michael, Tim, this is what I have had to deal with in my personal life is not just the issues or the reactions that I have of, man, I'm being a jerk. I'm being a douche right now <laughs> is... The one question of why, if we don't get to the why, then all we're doing is simply behavior modification. And if all we're trying to do is just be a little better of an individual without looking at the why am I reacting this way, then nothing will change long-term. So I had to personally, within my personal life, as well as my business life, I had to look back and say, okay, why am I responding in a way that is aggressive? That is mean, that is X, Y, Z, whatever anyone wants to throw on yeah. the end of that. And if you don't answer the why, then nothing will change long-term. And so what is going on? I realized that I was extremely unhappy in what I was doing in my professional life. And therefore, I was being short with my kids. I was being short with my wife. I was being aggressive in certain aspects of my job. And it turned out very unhealthy. So it's easy for us to blame other people like, well, of course, I'm actually doing this. And this is my response because I'm unhappy with what you're doing. And it's easy to point fingers. Yeah. But if we stop for a moment and ask the simple question, why? Why am I doing this? Then we can actually take the shovel, dig down deep and realize, man, I have an issue here. And it has nothing to do with this person, has nothing to do with this situation. It's just, I am bringing in this baggage, this issue and realizing, man, I know I took it like a few notches deeper than what we started off with. No, it's good. But, but this, is, this is such an issue that so many people, Michael, like what you mentioned at the beginning, don't ever address. And yet we need to. Well, and one of the things too is like, you know, with Bowman Legacies, when we have a client, we don't, we don't delve that deep because you don't have time. So we're big about, hey, let's just own where we're at. Let's, let's kind of figure out how we got here so we don't do that, but let's move forward. Let's own it and move forward. But in your personal life and that art of not being a douche, you literally have to slow life down enough to find out why are you acting the way that you are. I'll never forget driving in a box truck with Tim Zeger hanging out of the window while I was driving in traffic, screaming 
smacking the side of the truck to try to make some noise enough for the guy in front of me to hear that I told him if he couldn't drive a stick to get the beep, 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 Morse code there out of the truck because I was his car because I was going to show him. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, wanting to fight this guy because he's screwing us in traffic. And Tim says, do you realize we're driving a giant billboard <laughs> for the organization that we were working for? Yes. For the organization that we were working for. Yes. Okay. There's some problems here. Yeah. And when I came up to uh, a certain point in my life, you guys both were there, violence, still getting in fist fights, going into traffic, stepping outside of my car, doing that kind of stuff, pressing my middle finger up against a window while I'm on my motorcycle for a moving vehicle down the highway with my wife punching me in the back of the head, trying to get me stopped. Those types of things. All of a sudden, my wife's pregnant. She's having a baby. And I lost, lost it because I realized I was not in a place to raise a child. I could go on being a child, throwing a fit for the rest of my life. That was fine with it. But now I've got a child to raise and I didn't want her to be like me. So the first thing that we addressed was in counseling was why, mm-hmm. why am I this way? And it was hard. It's hard, Eric, for people to go, why? Because then you have to open some doors to some pretty dark shit and exactly. own it. Absolutely. And one of the hardest things for us, and this is, I think, across the board, this isn't just a guy thing. This is men, women. This is just humanity. It's hard for us to be vulnerable. Anytime we open up first to ourselves, because we're not going to open up to someone else unless we're being honest with ourselves first. It is hard for us to throw up that mirror and to say, this is who I really am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if we yeah. don't do that step, none of the other steps matter. And that mirror has to go up and say, wow, this is, this is what I'm dealing with. And for some, it, it has to do with their past. For others, it has to do with a lack of education. It has to do with a lack of integrity. It has to do with a lack of, again, multiple things. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the main part of it is you being real and honest and vulnerable with yourself. That's when the change starts to happen. Then you can be real and honest with someone else because that will be the lasting change that needs to happen. So, yeah. That's good. And, you know, really, it's, it's about a shift in perspective. Mm-hmm. You talk about throwing up the mirror. It's changing the perspective around saying, oh, this is what other people are seeing right now of me, the way that I'm reacting. And how many times have we seen people like they, they want to see something different and they keep saying things have got to change. Things have got to change but they don't realize that they're the ones that have to change. Mm. And sometimes looking in that mirror is that perspective shift to say, Oh crap. It it's actually me. That's causing the issues. Mm. And that vulnerability with ourselves is extremely hard, but extremely necessary at the same time. Especially if you want to move forward and move forward quickly. You know, we're in a society right now. People are like, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. So, and I want people to be clear listening to this. We're from 
three very flawed guys and have to revisit this often in our lives. So the only reason why we're saying this is because we've progressed to a certain state, but we're also knowing that there even needs to be a deeper sense of this in our own lives in order for us to move forward and lead on a higher level. And so one of the powerful things behind this is, is when you begin to make this a practice in your life, things begin to flow a lot easier. You're able to get over stuff quicker and you're able to own your stuff so that you can move forward on a faster level of which in, in this country, in this world, this society, we're in a fast paced, fast culture, move forward, accept your stuff, move forward and change. And it's very difficult to do for those of us who have a lot of pride issues or, you know, I, I counseled a lot of people that were sexually abused as children. They had to have a very hard exterior to be able to make it through. I've, I've counseled some people that had gotten to a point in their life that they were molested or even raped to a point where until they could fight back. So this means from very young age, the fact that they're still sane and they're not in prison and they're not doing other things because of this behavior happening to them shows that they had such a driving force within them to move forward, survive, and overcome. So it's very difficult for them to look within themselves because there's a lot of pain associated with self. And so sometimes it's very hard. And sometimes we don't even know that's there. We have such a hard time looking in the mirror because we don't know that issue is lying there. So it takes us back to the beginning of this conversation. What Eric said, you've got to look in and you've got to ask that why. But then once you answer that, why, guys, what do you do? What do you do? Okay, I'm being a douche. Things are going <laughs> wrong. Maybe it's my pride. Maybe it's something in my past. Okay, I've answered my why. It might be something very simple. You know, I'm just like, hey, I feel like I'm being abused in this situation and I've, I acted out. It, nothing deep and dark and heinous came from the, your behavior. But how do you, once you discover the why, how do you move forward? And go. Silence. Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I was waiting for Zeger to say something. Sorry. I mean, I was, we were approaching, I mean, we're approaching the deepness as we obviously talk about, you know, how not to be a douche and fix your crap. <laughs> I mean, we start there and then now we're like, we're yeah. drilling, bro. We're drilling. Yeah. Oh, amen, and, brother. And, and it's good. It's good because again, so the question is, how do we do without? I mean, there's obviously many ways. I mean, some for some people, counseling might seem like a dirty word. It's not. It's not. You know, sometimes the, the maze that we create in our heads is so complex to deal with some of the stuff that we've gone through. And the only way that's going to fix it is having somebody walk alongside of you in a journey and say, look, we're going to help you get out of this, but it's a maze. Uh, you've cr literally created a maze of protection for yourself so you don't get hurt, so mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't get messed up over and over and over again, but that has kind of informed your journey to this point. Mm. So to back out of that, you need a guide. And counseling is not a bad thing. No, If you find somebody that is qualified, that is competent to help you walk through some of this stuff because you looking at, <laughs> looking at YouTube videos for self-help guidance <laughs> is probably not the way to go. I mean, Guilty. I'm sure. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I mean, 
we look for answers in like some of the the most misinformed places on the planet. Um, And sometimes we just need to suck it up and say, I need professional help. I need somebody to walk alongside of me and help me in my journey because I am not capable. And obviously, I can't just go to YouTube to fix it. So talk to some people. Find out. I mean, you'd probably be surprised. Some of the people that you know who probably, you like, oh, well, they have their junk together. <laughs> That's probably because they've been to counseling at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I think we complicate that too. What does counseling look like? You know what I mean? Um, and, and sometimes we pick the wrong people to counsel us. We pick the wrong mentors. I need somebody back in those days that was being willing to be honest with me, be respectful, but honest and a little bit challenging because I was the guy I really walked in and said, okay, hey, when I was a kid, I was molested. I was pinned down to the bed by my schizophrenic uncle and this and this and this happened. And I was, went into every gory detail of what happened day one. So my counselor was crying before the end of it. <laughs> and she was like, I have never met anybody so willing to jump in there. And I'm going to tell you, this is part of those steps. You got to be willing to face those dragons, but know that you're not alone and not allow that. Because when you mix up that, the dross comes out, right? Oh, these, these impurities come out and it makes you feel things in a very real manner. So you have to have that right person to carry that sword and shield with you to know, hey, I'm fighting this dragon with you because it's hard, but it's so worth it because you're carrying a weight right now that you don't need to carry. And the problem with that weight is it'd be one thing if it was just you carrying it. The unfortunate thing is everybody that you deal with, whether in business, whether in life, they have to carry some of that weight too, because they have to wade through it to get to the true you and actually get some useful relationship, whether that's work or personal from you. Good. Uh, Let me throw out another because... What we're ultimately, Michael, what you're actually asking us is what, what are the tools that we can have in the toolbox to figure out the, not the what, but the how, how to fix it and how to not be a douche. Um, I love the, the tool of that counseling, that mentoring is so important. Let me throw out another tool because many times how we either lead in our job, how we lead in our home life is based on either previous experience of what we have done or what we've seen modeled for us. So many times we have a lack of understanding of how to be a good leader, either at work or at home. So this is what I know how to do, and this is how I'm doing it. So the next tool that I would say that we can throw in this toolbox of how to remedy this is to just continue to self-improve either how to be a better leader. There are so many great, phenomenal leadership books out there of how you can better yourself, whether you are a boots on the ground employee, whether you are a supervisor and you're actually leading a handful of other people or managing or even owning a business. Mm-hmm. There are resources out there that are outstanding, whether you enjoy reading and you can pick up something and say, hey, here are the 12 steps, here are the eight things that you need to be able to have in your leadership toolbox that you can do. Or if you like to listen to other podcasts, things like this, Bowman Legacies podcast, whatever it is, as far as Mm. making sure that you are putting together a better understanding of growing personally of how Mm. to be that better individual. I would throw that out every single day of saying you should never, ever stop growing as a person, 
as an employee, as a leader, as a father, as a mother, as a spouse, whatever it is in your life, that's how you can continue to better yourself. Let me throw that out there. Especially when you feel like you're alone. You know what I mean? When you're in a room full of people, I never forget going to San Jose, California, about 75 people all packed into a, uh, a job trailer. And we're on the side of this mountain. And, and um, I'll never forget one of the young men came up to me and said, Hey, I've been following you for a while, Mike. And um, pretty much since the very beginning. And I, I love your stuff. He goes, and I feel like he said, man, I just feel like I am the odd man out in this place right now. He's like, I'm trying to grow. I want to grow as a leader. I'm not getting anything from this group. I'm not getting anything from my manager. My manager is intimidated by me and the foreman was, and he wasn't willing to invest in him because he felt like people liked him more. So here's this guy who had all this leadership qualities. He had all this raw talent and he had nowhere to go. Guess what? You know, the, the, the three of us, had fathers who provided for us and stuff like that. You know, we didn't, but uh, I know for me, I did not learn from my dad how to be a decent human being. I didn't learn from my dad how to love people. I didn't learn from my dad how to lead people. And I had to figure it out. And you're not always guaranteed a mentor to come alongside of you just for the sake of helping you and being there for you to be there for you. Man, the first thing that I always suggest is for, for especially for you young people out there who are, you know, really hungry. If you want something that's in your face, it's going to make you learn fast and quick. Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Baden. Dichotomy of Leadership by Jocko Willink and Leif Baden. Failing Forward by John Maxwell. These are things that are really baseline, rudimental things that can help you go to start your journey. And then be celebrate. Celebrate that you're on that journey and stop, stop looking at your, down at yourself for being in the state that you are. Because that was the hardest thing for me was to realize own my stuff, realize mm-hmm. I was being a douche, and then ask the why. Then the really scary part was to see how far I was to where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And that was the hardest thing for me to get over. Yeah. And it's good stuff too. And going back to the toolbox analogy that Eric was using, you know, you think about if you have grown through a position and maybe you're not necessarily, you don't feel like you're equipped as a leader, but obviously you're having to learn just to get by. So it's about just keeping yourself afloat. Now, once you start to go down the road a little bit farther and people give you more responsibility, maybe you shift organizations or whatever, and you're continuing to use the same tools that you have. If you don't continue to learn and adapt, you might be using the wrong tools for that situation. Mm. Sometimes if we transition organizations and we're into a new structure, and we have not, and I've, I've failed in this before, and you have not put on the idea of, hey, I need to put some new tools in my toolbox. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to use the old tools. Yeah. That's not going to push you forward. That's going to kind of continue to drag you down until you realize, okay, this tool right now is obsolete. It doesn't do the job for what I need to do anymore. Mm-hmm. It might have worked at some point, but let's put that one away. Let's grab some new tools. Let's read some new books. Let's listen to some great podcasts on the Bowman Leadership Podcast. Another quick plug there, right there. (laughs) Go back in the archives. Um, But grab those tools that are available. I mean, again, we live in a digital information age. There is no excuse to be able to find tools basically free at your disposal. Now, 
if you want to better yourself, you're going to be wanting to willing, you're going to be willing to invest in stuff that's going to be able to push you ahead. So don't be afraid of investing in that, but get the right tools for your situation. Yeah. And if someone has that question where, what are the right tools? This is the finding part. This is the work part. This is what works for you. It's just like working out workout systems and different things like that. You know, everybody has these plugs about, you know, I've got the perfect diet plan for you. I've got the perfect, and no, no, they don't. No, they don't. Only you can discover what's going to work out for you to make those gains in the gym. Only thing, only thing's going to work for you to find those gains in your, in your mind and in your heart to grow you has to come genuinely by you because everybody's got the answer, right? But what is your answer? And this goes back to, in the very beginning, knowing that you're a douche, recognizing that, figuring out the why. But here's the next level, man. Once you figure out the why and, and, and the how, what's your vision? What's your dream? This exposes you to be able to understand now things are capable to you. So many people that I've met in my industry are like, man, this is not what I wanted to do, but this is where I'm at. And I'm miserable. Well, what do you want to do? Well, I want to do this, but I'm 40, so I can't. Well, how is it that you can't? You might live to be 90. And then you're going to look back at 90 and wish, man, I wish that 40, I'd have just got off my, you know, did ever whatever. So the fact is, it's like, okay, now what do you do with it? Now that you've figured out your why, you figured out your deuce, you owned it, you figured out your why, you're starting to learn the how. That's where the work comes in. That's where those reps come in. And just like what Tim said, sometimes you got to read a little something to go, you know what? This isn't for me. This isn't the angle by which I'm trying to move through life. Now, I'm not saying you're always finding information that adheres to you because that's disingenuous to the process. Sometimes you got to hear stuff that's going to challenge you. And sometimes, because you got to go back, remember, you got to own it. You got to realize you're being a douche again on a different level because that douche keeps coming back. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It is so, so true. And uh, one of the things that I have really been looking at and thinking about recently and this like encapsulates it, uh, going back to, okay, how not to be a douche. Um, <laughs> the, the thought was the golden rule. We've all heard of this golden rule. Okay, what's the golden rule? Treat others as you would like to be treated. And I thought, you know, I heard something else that was like, that's not what you should be striving for. There's another level above that. And when I first started reading this or hearing this, I'm like, what on earth are they talking about? Forget the golden rule. Forget the golden rule. Have you heard of the platinum rule? No. The Mm -hmm. platinum rule is treat others how they would like to be treated. Because how I want to be treated may be different than how they want to be treated. So when you kick it up a notch even more and say, I want to look through their lens If I have employees under me, how would they like to be treated? If as their boss or superior, I want to treat them how they would like me to treat them. This is looking through the eyes of them. This is walking a mile in their shoes. This is looking at a way of saying, you know what? I don't want to treat them how I want to be treated. I want to treat them how they would like me to treat them. It's taking it a step further. Talk about not being a douche in the workplace. Treat others how they would like you to be treated, how they would like to be treated. And man, see the change that happens around you. See the culture that begins to build in your workplace. See uh, uh, how they then uh, start doing the same thing towards people around them. 
You want to change your environment, change how you treat people and treat them how they would like to be treated. The platinum rule. I think that you just opened Pandora's box there to a four-hour podcast crash course to <laughs> crash course to uh, leadership 101. And one of the things that you know, okay, we're going to start back. And we keep saying repeat this, but this is a stage of learning. You know, repetition is the um, what is it the, uh, the the steps to mastery. And so, you know, you realize you're a douche. You take ownership over being a douche. You decide you're going to do something about it. You start to learn, you start to open it up, you start to find new resources, and then you start making steps to not be a douche and honing your own character. And the next step is naturally, guess what? You are going to start to be concerned about other people because this is going to bleed out. And when you start to get on this path of, and I hate the term self-improvement, man, we have so muddied the waters of that. I like self-ownership. Once you have self-ownership and you want to improve, you want to grow, you want to expand and you want to do more. And your mind is open and say, hey, if I can change me, I can help change the world around me. Then you start to invest and wonder to yourself, hey, this guy's being a douche. Why? Why is he being a douche? And it gives you more grace on that person for being a douche. And you're not so reactionary to their anger or their angst or whatever. And you start to go, okay, hey, how does this person want to be treated? Because everything is not wrapping around your brain and the way you think. That's one of the things that make you a douche. (laughs) When you're so concerned about you and how you feel. And that's one of the biggest problems we have in this nation right now. Everybody's so concerned about how they feel, but no one's really sitting down and trying to understand the other person and then taking action items and step further. Okay. How do you feel? Let's find out why. Now let's find out what we can do. Now let's make action items to make it better. And that bleeds over into the workplace. It bleeds over into society and it bleeds over into home. If I look at my daughters right now and go, your room's a pigsty, clean it up. And then I don't even think about their schedule that week, what's happened, what's going on in their own lives. Maybe they're down that week. Instead of being this totalitarian leader that's always making all these demands, I'm first doing some intel first and finding out what's going on. And then if I know something's bothering them, look at it logically, take the emotion out of it, and take some action items to move forward. Now. You've practiced how not to be a douche, and now you've taught someone else how to practice not to be a douche. Love it, brother. Gold. Gold. Okay. So we have made a promise within each other and for Tim to not want to punch me, throat punch me through uh, social media here um, to keep our podcasts at that kind of 30-minute range. And it's so crazy how quick we get it to. But we want to give you as much as we can possibly give you in a short time because we know your time's precious and we absolutely adore and love each and every one of you. Guys, I wanna tell you something right now. Don't feel hopeless about where you're at because there is a way out. I don't care if you're depressed about life. I don't care if you're, you're, you're upset about where you need to be and where you're not. Dude, don't focus on what you're not, but work with what you got. It's one step at a time, doing that next right thing that's going to progress you and move you forward. I love you. I clearly see the greatness within you because you've chosen to listen to this podcast, because you've chosen to listen to it, because you know you're trying to find ways to improve self and move yourself forward. We love you. We appreciate you. And we want you to continue to build that legacy that will far surpass your legend. Your legend.